Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That On a Tuesday, it's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. What a cold Tuesday it is. Lots to get into. NFL Week 13, Monday Night Football, Tuesday Night Football. We're gonna discuss the quarterback situation in Philly, and also my top five power rankings in the NFL. I have a lot to say about the Jets as well. NBA news, training camp is here. The James Harden situation just continues to get weirder and weirder and more obnoxious. Kyrie Irving is back in the news, and it's never good. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Week 13 is almost in the books. We had a great NFL Sunday. We had some big games go on. I want to talk about the Browns and the Titans game. Obviously, we're going to talk about Monday Night Football. I want to talk about those two games. And I also want to talk about the upcoming game with the Cowboys and Ravens. So, let's just get right into that. Let's get into this Browns and Titans game. Browns win the game 41-35. to Baker Mayfield throws four touchdowns. And the, you know, the Browns look good in the first half. He goes for 334 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Almost a perfect passer rating. Nick Chubb has 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry led the way with eight catches and a touchdown. They looked great in the first half of the game. They absolutely were dominant. They scored 38 points in the first half. It was, it was just an outright beating. Seven points from the Titans in the first half. And then in the second half, the Titans went ahead and scored some points. They made it a game at the end of the day. So is it more that the Browns were choking it away in the second half or... The fact that you're up 30 points and you're on cruise control and you kind of like mailed it in. I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think the Browns are this good, but I also don't think that they're bad enough to give up a big lead, right? Baker Mayfield, to me, is a middle-of-the-road quarterback. When everything is going right, it goes perfect. When things go bad for Baker Mayfield, they go really bad. On Sunday, everything was perfect. Everything worked well. You know, they protected him. He wasn't sacked. He was clean. So if you get that from Baker Mayfield, if you get a clean pocket, he may be able to give you performances like this once in a blue moon. Consistently? Hell no. Hell no. Nobody thought Baker Mayfield was going to come in here and do this with Tennessee. Nobody thought that. 
I don't even think the Tennessee Titans believe that Baker Mayfield could be able to put up a game like this. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe they underestimated what Baker Mayfield can actually do if he's protected. If the pocket holds up and he can be able to have some time to throw the ball. So, you know, this is a game that Tennessee needs to look at and say, okay, we need to not underestimate any other quarterback from here on out. Mike Vrabel is going to have them, you know, prepared. I'm not worried about them. I'm not even worried about this game, honestly. Somebody had to win. Somebody had to lose. Both teams are heading in the right direction. The Browns are 9-3. and three. Titans are 8-4. and four. They're both headed to the playoffs. They may end up seeing each other in the playoffs. So we'll see how this goes, man. But, you know, although I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, you got to give credit where credit is due. They're 9-3. and three. The Browns have clinched a winning season for the first time in like, what, 15, 16 years or so. It's amazing. So, you know, they, they should be very proud of themselves. Baker Mayfield should definitely be proud of his performance, and they should have some confidence finishing out the season. So, like I said, kudos to them. I'm not going to knock Baker Mayfield. How can you knock him after a game like this? But can this be sustainable for Baker Mayfield? I don't think so. I don't think so. On the other side of the ball, look, Tannehill, 389 yards. They were down. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of passes. He threw 45 passes. Derrick Henry was held in check, 60 yards. That's the that's the, the goal. When you can be able to hold Derrick Henry in check, the Titans offense does not, they don't bode well. They don't look good. They're out of sync. So that's the key. If you can be able to hold that bully to under 100 yards or under 70 yards, Nine times out of ten, you may end up winning that game. Next game we're going to talk about is the Monday night football game between the Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Washington wins this game 23-17 in a shocker. They beat the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL. So, you know, the Dolphins are happy about that. Alex Smith has 296 yards passing, a touchdown. Peyton Barber stepped in when Gibson went down. He had a touchdown. Logan Thomas came up big for them. Nine catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. They were down 14-3 and then came back in the game. They outscored the Steelers in the fourth quarter, 13-3. So this is how they got back in the game and won. I, I Listen, I, I have no idea how it happened, but it happened. But I will tell you this. Steelers have always been my favorite team this year. I've always said that they're, they're the best team in football, right? I, I even went on the show last show and said that they have the ability to play dirty ugly football and still be able to get a win I don't look at this game as like a big blow to them I just believe that it was an ugly game it was a defensive battle and they're they're not able to go downfield a lot sometimes sometimes that passing game is very very inconsistent and the rushing game last night was awful as well like, you know, McFarland, Snell, they totaled, what, 20 yards? They had 21 yards as a team? You're not going to win that way. You're not going to win that way. Deontay Johnson had eight catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown, but you're not going to be able to beat a team like Washington, although they're not a great team. They're not a terrible team either. They they play very, very hard on on Ron Rivera. So you got to give them credit. So the Steelers, listen, they lost the game, but this is not a, a huge knock on them in my opinion. I still think they're a top three team in all of football. You know what I mean? So it's 
it's a bump in the road, but it's not it's not a season ender. They'll be all right. They'll be fine. Like I said, they know how to win ugly. They know how to win these gritty games. They can shoot it out as well. So they'll be fine. There's nothing wrong with Pittsburgh. I just believe that they have to tighten up certain things. Their running game can be an issue and may be an issue down the road. So if they can be able to fix that, I, I believe that they'll they'll be fine. Also, they got to try to find a way to get Juju more involved. You can't have Juju catching seven passes for 28 yards. That's ridiculous. Everything is underneath. They're not, there's no creativity with this offense. And that never used to be Pittsburgh. They used to be very, very creative throwing the ball, airing it out, having different schemes, different looks, different angles, different route trees and all that stuff. But now it's very dink and dump. It looks very New England. So I would say that if there's one particular part of this team that's a concern, it's the dink and dump passing attack. However, I think that they can still be able to figure it out. On the other side, man, like, listen, Washington, they and the Giants are now tied for first place in a division. Who would have thought to start the season that the Giants and the Washington football team would be number one and number two in the division? It's nuts. 2020 continues to be the oddest year on record. Like, there's no other year that has been more unpredictable, scary, ridiculous, nonsensical. Like, it just, nothing makes sense. So, of course, of course, you would expect this this year. Next year, nah, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Now, on the other side of things, you had complete domination. You had the Bills win the game 34-24, to and they looked great. Josh Allen. 375 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was damn near perfect. Singletary has 61 yards on the ground. Cole Beasley, 130 yards on a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, 10 catches, 92 yards. They were great offensively, defensively. And this is why I've been saying that I will take Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. I'll take Josh Allen over Carson Wentz. I'll take Josh Allen over Jared Goff. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that Josh Allen is above. This kid continues to impress. He's very good. He's going to continue to get better. His arm is tremendous, and his athleticism is really, really underrated. This guy is an athlete. He is a superior athlete at that quarterback position, and these Bills are for real. They are not effing around, man. They are serious. They're legit. That defense is nasty. Josh Allen can make every throw on the field. This is what the holy trinity of football looks like. Great quarterback, good owner, good head coach. When you have that trio in unison, working together, things will happen. Special things will happen on the football field, and that's exactly what you're seeing with the Buffalo Bills. For the 49ers, we all know what this is, man. The 49ers, they're banged up, they're struggling, they're still trying to fight. You know, Nick Mullins, 316 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I told you, the guy can play football. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's just a transitional quarterback. They have a lot of injuries, but they'll be all right come next year. They, they can be able to just chalk this up as a season that's just, you know, just compounded with injuries, bad luck. A lot of bad stuff has happened, and they can just be like, we can build on this. Let's play hard for these last few weeks of the season, and they'll be fine next year, man. They're going to be fine. They, they draft well. They'll be okay. I don't have any 
concern about the 49ers going forward. I really, really don't. And that leads us to the Tuesday night football game. I don't even know what you want to call it between the three and eight Dallas Cowboys and the six and five Baltimore Ravens. Who's going to win this game? The Ravens will. If the Cowboys didn't suck so bad, I would pick the Cowboys because I don't believe in Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson fan. He's had a horrible year. Can't pass the ball. Can't see downfield. Can't see the defenses. There's just one read. Oh, pocket breaks down. I'm going to run. That's all he does. This is why Josh Allen is better than him. Josh Allen has always been better than him. He had a great season last year where nobody had an advanced scouting book on him. And he just ran over everybody. Yeah, great. Lamar Jackson, MVP. Now look. Now look at him. Doesn't look like an MVP, does he? Ravens don't look that good, do they? But they'll win this game. If I'm going to put a prediction on it, I got Baltimore 29, Cowboys 20. When Lamar Jackson goes for 200 yards passing, maybe 89 yards rushing, and the defense ends up sacking Dalton about four or five times. That's, that's the game. Cowboys don't have much. They need to just pack it in, pack it up, get ready for the draft, try to move up, get yourself a quarterback, build through the draft, and cut ties with some people. That's what they need to do. Will they do that? I have no effing idea. But I hope they do. For Baltimore, they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. This is not a team that's designed for a stretch run this year. Maybe if they get some better parts next year. I don't know. Maybe if they get Lamar Jackson to play like an MVP next year, maybe they'll be better. Maybe he should focus on learning how to pass instead of running all the time. That would be nice. That would be nice. In other news, Jalen Hurts has been named the week 14 starter against the Saints for the Philadelphia Eagles. What a shocker that is. Well, it's not a shocker to me. I think Carson wins a shot. I think he's gun shy. I don't think he wants to get hit anymore. I think his time in Philadelphia is over. My friend told me today that there's a $52 million cap hit on Carson Wentz if they cut him or whatever. I don't think they're going to cut him. I think they, they can find a trade partner. Listen, I think the Colts, the Colts will be a great idea for him. I don't know if Phillip Rivers is going to have another big season left in him. I think they can be able to cut ties with him there and get younger. That offensive line is good. You can be able to protect him, not like Andrew Luck that got beat up for years and decided to call it quits. If Carson Wentz continues to go down this path with the Eagles, he will do exactly what Andrew Luck did. He will quit. He will retire. So it's best to get him out of town before he decides to hang it up. Because right now, he doesn't look like a quarterback that wants to play. He doesn't look like a confident quarterback. He doesn't have the confidence or the support of his team. They, they want somebody that's going to lead them, not look like he's unsure of himself. And when a quarterback looks unsure of himself going into a big game, that doesn't bode well for your chances to win that game. It's time to go. Jalen Hurts may not be the franchise quarterback they're looking for, but he's better than Carson Wentz right now. Why? 
because he can escape the pocket. And when you have a shit offensive line like the Eagles do, you need a quarterback that can be able to extend plays. Because Miles Sanders can't do anything with a bad line. That's why he's having a down year, plus the injuries. So you need Jalen Hurts to be able to run back there and create some magic. That's what you need. Carson Wentz can't do that. He is gun shy. He hears footsteps behind him. He's going down or he's throwing the ball out of bounds or he's covering up his head. That's what he's doing. It's over for him here in Philly. And you're starting to see, is there buyer's remorse with Philadelphia? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that they looked at it like, oh, my God, we spent all this money. They believed in this guy. They traded up and traded a whole bunch of picks to get him. They gave him this big contract. And they thought he was the guy, but they didn't do well by him in regards to having one of the shittiest offensive lines in football. Now, granted, they have a ton of injuries on that offensive line, but they still have to find a way to to keep this quarterback upright. You know, the talent on the roster is eh, but here's the other side of it. If you're a great quarterback, you got to find a way to win. You got to find a way to still be great. You can't look the way Carson Wentz has looked. Everybody's telling me, I have Mike Guido. Oh, Carson Wentz, he's, uh, he's only had one bad season. Yeah, but my optics are telling me something else. My eyes are telling me something else, that he's not phenomenal. He's not superior. He's not a upper echelon quarterback. Guido had him at, like, top seven. What? What? When was Carson Wentz ever a top seven quarterback in the league? When? When? Top 10, I'll give you. Lower lower side, 8, 9, 10, probably. I got him like 15. He's not that good. He's not that good. They won a Super Bowl because the team was tailor-made for them. And guess what? When he tore his ACL with that quote-unquote MVP season that he was having, Nick Foles stepped right in there and won a Super Bowl. And guess who won the Super Bowl MVP? It wasn't a position player. It wasn't a running back. It wasn't a defensive player. It was Nick Foles. Why? Because it was tailor-made. The offense was tailor-made for a quarterback. And if you can throw the ball, you'll have success. Simple. So let's stop talking about Carson Wentz like he was the second coming of Montana or the second coming of Steve Young or whoever. He wasn't. Not John Elway. He's Scott Elway. (laughs) Get him out of here and get him out of Philly. All right, enough with Carson Wentz. Let's go to the top five power rankings in the NFL, in my opinion. All right? Starting at number five, who we got? The Bills. The Bills come in at number five. I think that they're one of the best teams in football. They're on the cusp of possibly winning a Super Bowl. If things go right, if things break right for the Bills, they can be able to win a Super Bowl. They have a great quarterback. They got a good running game. They have receivers. They got a very good vaunted defense. They got a great coach, good owner. They have everything in place right now. So they are definitely a top five team. I have them listed at number five. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. I love Green Bay. I love Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows that. Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a quarterback. He has had a bounce back year. He had a down year last year. His QBR was in the tank. He's now in the MVP race. He's right up there in the MVP talks. And the Packers, defensively, they need some work. They need some work, but once you have Aaron Rodgers, once you have Devontae Adams, once you have Aaron Jones, you have these guys on offense, you have a chance to win any football game, and they can definitely make a deep run going into the playoffs. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints, they have one of the best defenses in football. 
Their rushing attack is, is awesome with Taysom Hill, with Kamara. Once Drew Brees gets back, they'll be fine. They got Michael Thomas back. This is a well-oiled machine. They've been here the last, I don't know, five years. They've been one of the best teams in football and can't cash in. They can't win a Super Bowl. Maybe this is their year. Maybe they send Drew Brees into retirement as a Super Bowl champion. Possibly. I don't know. But I have them listed at three right here. There's still some concerns that I have with them is why they're not in the number one spot. Number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs at 11-1, they have the best offense in all of football, but I still question that defense. Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. There's no argument that needs to be had. And if anybody tells me different, I'm going to smack them in the mouth. <laughs> Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. They have a great offense. Tyreek Hill is starting to run routes with that speed now. But the running game, running game is a little suspect to me. It's a little suspect. The defense is not playing at that high intensity that they were playing at last year. They're not getting the stops that they were getting last year. If Honey Badger can be able to turn things around and get some stops back there, then, then we're, 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 we're cooking here. But they're still one of the best teams in the league. It's fine. They're number two on my list. And number one, listen, I, I'm, I'm in the minority here. I still got the Pittsburgh Steelers number one. I feel that the Pittsburgh Steelers, they win ugly. They win nasty. They win games that you're like, oh my God, they just had a heart. But the wins matter. They matter. And they can be able to have this team go far in the playoffs. You need a great defense to go far in the playoffs. They have that. And they can be able to score low points, low scoring games in the playoffs, and get to a Super Bowl. I've seen it happen. Defense wins championships. Period. Ben Roethlisberger is still playing at a high level. They need to get those wide receivers going. If they get those wide receivers going, everybody's going to look at Pittsburgh differently. I see it. I see the potential. This is why I got them number one in my, in my rankings. Coming up after the break, the New York Jets. Ah, the New York Jets. On a Tuesday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So Adam Gase and my first boss have the same things in common. They both are in positions that they don't deserve to be in. I had my first job at Payless Shoe Source, right? It was in Green Acres Mall, and my boss was a complete idiot. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. He didn't know what to actually tell his employees. Everybody would just look at him like, 
how'd you get this job? You must have just been here longer than everybody else. And he said, all right, just give, give him the job. Or maybe, maybe Brown knows his way into that position. That happens a lot. And my boss was a brown nose connoisseur. Like, he knew exactly the angle to get up somebody's ass. That's how he got where he got. Adam Gase, on the other hand, he didn't brown nose anybody, I don't believe. His resume kind of spoke for itself. Offensive coordinator for the Broncos, Peyton Manning was there. That doesn't mean that you have a job. Like, if you're the offensive coordinator when Peyton Manning is running your offense, you're not really doing much. Goes to Miami, doesn't do much over there. Then he gets fired. And for some miraculous reason, Mr. Johnson, whether it be Chris or Woody, decided they're going to give this man a job. He's a genius. He's a genius. Well, your genius has struck again. Adam Gase. Just listen to the resume of bodies that Adam Gase has collected in his time with the Jets. He had a problem with the sports reporter, Manish Mehta, got his credentials pulled. He then traded Jamal Adams. Le'Veon Bell is gone. And the newest one, this one takes the cake from me. So Greg Williams has a brain fart. If people want to call it that, I just believe that Greg Williams is off his rocker and he does so much unconventional stuff that sometimes things will backfire. And it backfired on them on Sunday in a big way. They lost the game. Last seconds of the game, they lost to the Raiders. Whatever. Everybody's calling it the the, the worst play ever, the worst defensive play ever. If everybody knows Greg Williams, they would know better, right? This guy is just, he's nutty. Anyway, Adam Gase and Greg Williams never got along. And Adam Gase was probably waiting for the right time to invoke his Gotti Clause. The Gotti Clause, meaning that he's untouchable. So we found out that Greg Williams got fired the next day, right? Next morning, Greg Williams did not have a job with the Jets anymore. Then we found out couple hours later that Adam Gase was the one that fired Greg Williams so let me get this straight we have an owner we have a general manager the general manager is the one that oversees the entire team they make the decisions on who stays and who goes who gets traded who gets fired and Adam Gase was the one that told the Jets, I'm going to fire Greg Williams. So who's in charge here? You're trying to tell me that this lame duck coach can get rid of every single player or personnel that he wants to without having any ramifications or any consequences. So you mean to tell me that Gates can fire anyone? He can release any player. And we don't hear from Mr. Douglas. So Gates is running the show. Which means that Gase may be back next year. So a guy that has admitted that he screwed up Sam Darnold. He has admitted that he should have gave up play calling duties a while ago. He's admitted that he's an abject failure at his job right now. Is bulletproof? But Greg Williams, 
does one bonehead thing, and he's out the door. So Greg Williams does one bonehead thing, he's gone. What about Adam Gase? Adam Gase has continued to screw up this franchise over the last two years, and he's still employed with the Jets. How? How? This is why the Jets will always be a circus. Because if they don't have their situation in order up top, they have a stupid-ass coach. And I'm telling you right now, I've seen a lot of bad coaches in my day, even when I was a Jets fan. I've seen Richie Kotite go 1-15. But Adam Gase makes Richie Kotite look like Vince Lombardi. This guy is so bad. There's nothing that Adam Gase does well. His running schemes, boring. His quarterback development, non-existent. His personality is dull. His people skills are nothing. He's the most hated person in New York right now. If you put James Dolan, if you put Phil Jackson, if you put the Wilpons next to Adam Gase, Everybody would not even pay attention to those guys. They would just stare holes through Adam Gase. He is awful. Poor Sam Darnold. All he's done was just get drafted here. He didn't choose to be drafted here. You guys went up to get him. And you would believe that they would protect this kid and protect his career, protect his future. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to give him a shitty offensive line, shitty weapons on the outside, and we're going to give him the worst coach in football. That'll do it. That'll help him. That'll turn him into the next Joe Montana. That'll turn him into the next Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? What does this guy have to do to get fired? What? What are the Jets waiting for? For the season to be over to say, yeah, we're done? If other teams behave like the Jets, that means Matt Patricia would still be here. That means the other idiot that was in uh, Atlanta, he'd still be here. No, those teams said, we got to nip this in the bud now. We're not going to wait. We're not going to destroy this team any further. Because newsflash, although there's going to be a lot of roster turnover next season for the Jets, there's a lot of guys on this team this year that will be on the team next year. So why are you poisoning those guys with this bad culture? Oh, I know why. I know why. Because it's the Jets. The Jets are the worst NFL franchise going today. And that's saying a lot. Because the Lions are there. The Bengals are there. The Jaguars are there. The Browns are there. There's so many other historically bad teams that I can be able to name. But they don't hold a candle to the Jets. And year in, year out, you have loyal Jets fans lined up at the gate waiting to get into MetLife Stadium. The Coke can that it is. What's sad about the Jets is that they don't even have their own home. They have to share their home with the Giants. A historical great franchise. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of basketball. The Jets are the Clippers. That's who they are. They don't have an identity for themselves. They don't even have their own frigging building. Why do Jets fans continue to support this team? 
You're seeing where the power lies. Adam Gase and Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas is letting Adam Gase run the show. We'll see if Joe Douglas is going to be able to fire Gase. I don't even think that's possible because remember, Gase was the one who told Chris Johnson about Joe Douglas. Yeah, yeah, hire my man, hire my man. Hire my man so we can get this done. So y'all honestly believe that Joe Douglas is going to fire Gase after all of this shit? Okay. Okay, we'll see. The Jets will continue to be bad. You know why? Because Jets fans won't say enough. Other franchises, other fan bases will strike. They will do whatever the hell they got to do. They won't support the team. Jets fans love their team. They will always love their team, and I get it. But there comes a time where you got to put your foot down and say enough. Adam Gase is the straw that breaks the back. He is a cancer in a cancerous franchise. So he's already just he's just adding more cancer to a sick franchise. How are you going to be able to get better at that point when you're just adding sickness and sickness and sickness over sickness? There has to be a time where you got to look yourself in the mirror, turn things around and say enough. I'm going to I'm going to fix this. I'm going to go get some help and we're going to turn the ship around. That's what the Jets need to do. And you know the sad part is that Adam Gase didn't come here and just turn into an awful coach. No. He's always been an awful coach. But what Adam Gase has revealed here in New York is that this organization is toxic. And he didn't create this. All he did was open your eyes a little wider and force you to admit it. Jets fans, there's a lot of Jets fans that didn't want to admit it. At this point, they have no choice. After the break, some NBA news. James Harden is at it again. And oh, that Kyrie Irving. Do we love when he tries to flex his muscle? On a Tuesday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. So as the Rockets turn is the new soap opera that's going on in in the NBA right now. James Harden didn't report to camp for a while. And then we heard that he showed up, took his COVID test. And I don't know if he actually reported to camp because... Head coach Steven Silas doesn't know exactly what's going on. So we had pictures of James Harden. He, over the weekend, he's hanging out with rappers, and he ain't got no mask on. He's one of those dudes. He don't wear masks, right? So I guess he's trying to flex his muscle on the franchise. He's trying to tell them, oh, well, I want to be traded. So I'm going to just do me. I, I, don't, I don't need to show up. You guys need to figure it out. If I want out, That means I want out. Oh. Oh. So, James Harden, you think that you're 
Kobe Bryant. You think that you're any great player. Newsflash, James Harden. The Rockets acquired you from Oklahoma City. You are a six-man that wanted max money. You deserved it. I said it. Everybody said it. You deserve to be paid just as much as the other two guys, right? So they traded for you, and you proved the world wrong. You proved them wrong and said, I'm a superstar. I deserve all the credibility. You won an MVP. You have done great things in Houston. Scoring at a clip that nobody has seen since Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, all these guys, Kobe Bryant. Here's the difference, though. You are not those guys. You know what those guys do? Those guys win championships. Those guys, when they get on a franchise, the franchise changes. The franchise gets elevated. I'm not saying that you didn't elevate the Rockets from where they were to where they are now. But I'm talking about championship level elevation. You're not that guy. James Harden wanted to play with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, after three years, decided he wants out. James Harden then decided that he wants to go play with Chris Paul. Bringing Chris Paul here, he can, he can get us the championship. Chris Paul decided, okay, cool. I'm going to be the second fiddle to James Harden. I'm going to make things easier for James Harden. Chris Paul gets here, and Chris Paul was dominating that Western Conference series. Dominating that series until he tore his hamstring. And they lost that series in seven because Chris Paul went down. Because James Harden had one of the worst Game 7 performances you will ever see. Awful. Year after year, terrible performances in the playoffs. Year after year, no shows in the playoffs. So, he ends up falling out of favor with Chris Paul. They're not friends anymore. They're at each other's necks. Chris Paul wants out. He says, go get my man Westbrook. And what do they do? They get Westbrook. They trade Clint Capella. They go with the smallest NBA team I have ever seen. I only see teams this size at mid-major schools, Division II schools in college. I don't see this in the NBA. You have, a, you have a whole roster with no bigs at all, not one big. Your center was 6'4", and you played like this, and you expected to beat a team like the Los Angeles Lakers. No, 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 no. They beat the hell out of y'all because they're bigger, they're faster, and their players, their star players, are better than James Harden. You see, you can do things like this in a franchise when you have a guy like LeBron James. LeBron James can be able to call the shots, get this player in, because you know, you know that if LeBron James is asking for this guy, you know that you're going to be in the finals in some, at some point. It might not be year one. It may be year two. Might be a guarantee year two, year three, year four, and going down the line. With James Harden, you get this player, you're going to be back where you started from last year. Get that player, you're going to be back where you started from last year. You know why? The common denominator here is James Harden. He's the problem. This is what I hope that the Rockets do. I hope that they tell James Harden, you made this mess, you're going to sit in it. 
We are not trading you because you want to get traded. We are going to trade you when we get the best package available. And if there is no package available for us to trade you, you're going to stay right here. And if you don't want to play, then you can sit home. But guess what? For every year that you sit home, your contract doesn't come off. So if you sit out this year, you still have two years left. If you sit out the year after that, you still have two years left plus a player option. It won't change. So show up and play. Because you made this franchise trade off all of their future assets to appease you. Everything they've done is to appease James Harden. The style of play that everybody across the earth knows won't win a championship. The Rockets have appeased to you with everything, players, accommodations, whatever it is, strip club access. James Hall has been to every strip club in Houston, probably every strip club in that in that known area. Yet he's the one that wants to leave now. So you destroy your father's car and then you tell your dad, oh, well, yeah, uh, I'm going to get my own car. I'm not going to fix this one. I'm going to get another car. Oh, so you're not going to fix my car after I gave you my keys. You're not going to take responsibility and own it. Cool. That's what James Harden is. He is a selfish, self-absorbed basketball player. And someone needs to tell him, James, you caused this. If your best friend doesn't want to play with you, you have serious issues. If every star you've come across doesn't want to play with you, you have serious issues. It's time for you to look in the mirror and say that eh, maybe it is me. Maybe I got to change. Then the report came out and said, oh, he, he wants to go to Philly now. He wants to go to any NBA contender. Nobody's trading for James Harden. Daryl Morey is not going to trade his two stars for that headache because I guarantee if he trades Ben Simmons for James Harden, Embiid is going to kill him. Embiid is going to kill him. Embiid is not that guy to play with. And James Harden is not the guy that you want to put in a foxhole. You don't, you don't trust guys like that because he will always disappoint you when you need him. My friend was talking about it today. Oh, well, Anthony Davis did this. No, he didn't. Anthony Davis did not behave like this. And furthermore, Anthony Davis didn't tear down a franchise. They didn't bring him any help. They didn't bring him any weapons. And the only weapon that they did bring him, he ended up tearing his Achilles. So this is not comparable to Anthony Davis. James Harden is one of the greatest players that ever played this game. And he's behaving like a petulant child. Like a child. So any franchise that wants to trade for a guy that acts like and behaves like a child, good luck. Because when things go bad, he will tuck and run. He'll choke up in the playoffs when you need him the most. The next guy we're going to talk about, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I swear, every time this guy opens his mouth or every time you even hear his name, it just annoys you. Kyrie Irving said, that he's not going to speak to the media this season. He's going to let his play speak for itself because he doesn't trust the media. So he issued a statement because <laughs> he doesn't want to be taken out of context anymore, not realizing that 
your statement can be taken out of context as well. This guy thinks he's a genius. He's a smart guy that thinks he's a genius. Dangerous combination. And the Nets have signed up for this. This is the same guy. This is the same Kyrie Irving that when he got drafted by Cleveland, they were nothing until LeBron James got back there. He goes to Boston and says that, oh, you know, he wants to retire a Celtic. He, he's, he's definitely going to be here. Came out of his mouth. So how can you take that out of context when he ends up leaving? So you lied, right? You, you, you didn't have to tell the fans that you wanted to stay. You just be like, oh, we'll see what happens. But no, you said it, and then you turn on the media. You said on the podcast with Kevin Durant that you've never played with a clutch player like Kevin Durant before. Yet, when the media gets a hold of it, oh, no, 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 you guys are always spinning. If I wanted to, so it's always somebody else's problem. I wonder what's going to happen in New York. This is Brooklyn. This ain't Cleveland. This ain't Boston. Although Boston is is reputable when it comes to their fans to their rabbit. But this is New York. You think you're going to be able to pull that nonsense here as you pulled in Boston? Nah. When you play bad, you need to answer for it. Every great player has sat there with the media and they've spoken to the media. Whether they had a good game or not, they were there to talk to the media. You, on the other hand, think that you don't have to do this. So I want to see what the Nets do. Because this is Kyrie's stance. If the Nets allow him to do this without finding his ass every day, we understand what the Nets have done. They've sold their soul for a title. And do you really want to do that? Because the last team that did that ended up in a bad spot. <coughs> Clippers. So do you really want to turn your franchise over to a guy that is aloof, that's moody, that just thinks that everybody's against him and nobody's on his plane of, of thinking he's smarter than everybody and he's such a pishy-poshy, oh, I'm an intellectual and you guys don't know what you're talking about. I'm woke. Same guy that said that they don't have a head coach. Everybody's going to be the head coach. Now now he's not going to speak to the media. Like I'm not going to knock the guy personally because I don't know Kyrie Irving. I, I've heard that he's done a lot of good things in, you know, in, the, in the community and stuff like that. So kudos to him. But what he shows you on the basketball court with his lack of leadership and how he behaves with the media is just ridiculous. It's really just ridiculous. Like at some point... He has to grow up. Kyrie Irving has to grow up. He is not mature enough to be in a spotlight like Brooklyn. He really isn't. He deserves to be somewhere like Charlotte, somewhere like Memphis, somewhere that's just off the beaten path. You don't deserve to be in Boston, in New York, because your personality can't handle it. You can't handle criticism. You don't know how to articulate yourself well to be able to have a decent interview. That's a you issue. It's not a media issue. The media does their job. They ask questions. They ask tough questions that you can't handle. So if the Nets coddle this man and allow him to dictate what he wants to do, because this is written in your NBA contract, you have to do media appearances. You have to speak to the press. It's a part of your deal. So if they allow him to do this, 
I, I've lost a lot of respect for the Nets if that's the case. I need to see what the Nets are going to do because you can't allow them to do this. But Kyrie's behavior doesn't shock me because this has always been him, right? Always been the case. I'm great. I'm this. Nobody wants to pay attention to me. Look what he did in Boston. Those guys wanted him gone, and they've excelled. Granted, they haven't got to an NBA Finals, but the players have played better. Everywhere he leaves is scorched earth. So you you don't think that the same thing's going to happen in Brooklyn? Why? Because KD is there? <laughs> okay. We're going to see. I know exactly how this story ends. I'm just waiting for everybody else to catch up. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Tuesday, it's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We yeah. pick candidates on Tuesday and Friday or Saturday, and we pick the winner on that Friday or Saturday show. We have our first candidate for Dummy of the Week. May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is Paul George, superstar from the Los Angeles Clippers. Panic P, Flight Risk P, Waldo George is my candidate for because I'm starting to see a trend here with uh, Mr. Paul George. In Indiana, he said that he wants to retire a Pacer. Then he says he wants to retire in Oklahoma City. Then he now says he wants to retire a Clipper. Paul George... (laughs) Oh, God, every time I try to get the bad taste out of my mouth in regards to the Clippers, they suck me right back in. Paul George reminds me of that guy that uses the same pickup lines on girls. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't like veer off path. He doesn't like change it up. It's the same pickup lines. And it's worked for three different locations, right? They've believed him. Or two, anyway. We'll see what happens with the Clippers. But Paul George just can't help himself. He can't just say, I'm happy to be here. You know, we'll see what the future holds. But everything right now is great. No, I want to retire here. (laughs) He's that dude that gives the girl the same ring that he gave the other two girls before him. Or the other seven or eight girls. When they break up, he asks for the ring back and gives it to another girl. (laughs) What is wrong with this guy? Why can't he just be normal? 
Why can't Paul George just be normal? There's something wrong with this dude, man. And I don't even, I'm not even talking about like his personal mental health stuff. I'm just talking about him as a basketball player. He's weird. He's just weird. He went on that Up in Smoke podcast and he tried to air Doc Rivers out. Oh, you know, they use me like Ray Allen. First off, you're not Ray Allen. You'll never be Ray Allen. And second of all, he was lying. He was used more in pick and roll situations than any point in his NBA career. How are you lying like that when we got the facts? What's wrong with you, man? Just be normal. But you can't. Because you're Paul George. You're flight risk George. This is the reason why I call you Waldo George. Because people can't find you when they need you. They can't. They can't find you for a good interview. They can't find you for a clutch jump shot. They can't even find you to be truthful about the franchise that you're playing for. Hey, I'm going to retire here. Oh, honey, let's go on vacation. Oh, my God. Let's retire. <laughs> honey, let's buy a car. Oh, my goodness. Let's retire in this car. <laughs> What's wrong with this dude, man? Just, oh. So, Paul George. You must be tired and want to retire not being a loser. <laughs> but you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. i see you guys on Friday, maybe Saturday. Possibly, high possibility Saturday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.